I want to draw your attention to this tweet. We'll put it all in context here, but I think this would be a great way to start off this episode and this report. Ivan Raiklin tweets out, one of the key future Nuremberg 2.0 defendants who committed EUA product genocide enters the room. Listen closely. Emergency use authorization, of course, is EUA. This has, uh, to give you a little context of it, this has to do with what happened yesterday, Tuesday. It was a it was a news-filled day, folks, not just the unprecedented arrest and arraignment by the Federal Department of Justice over nonsense of a former president by a current fake president who was weaponizing the Department of Justice against their political opponent. That was the only thing that happened. Uh, yesterday, the Republicans gave CDC director... Walensky, a sending off. She was uh, on the on Capitol Hill yesterday, and what is likely her last appearance before Congress before she leaves her post at the end of the month. Dr. Rochelle Walensky. Uh, this is what happened as she entered and took her seat. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it? <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. As it says here in this tweet, listen closely. Hey, Dr. Walensky. Ivan Raiklin, I really look forward to you testifying about your involvement in murdering 38,000 Americans due to the jab. I was not familiar with Mr. Ivan Raiklin. According to his Twitter, he is a former Green Beret and he's a lawyer and he calls himself the Deep State Marauder. America's Law Offensive Coordinator, and he's got an interesting substack here. America's Law Offensive Coordinator, Deep State Marauder, Mar- Deep State Remodding, rem- Marauding to Remedy the Constitutional Crisis We Are Currently In by Removing the CCP Captured Institutions. He's got over 5,000 subscribers to his substack. Now, folks, uh, where did that $38,000, uh, 38,000, not dollar, 38,000 number come from? Well, according to Ivan Raiklin, it comes from uh, the CDC's own VAERS database. In this video, he shows exactly how he went to VAERS and looked at the COVID-19 adverse effects, went to deaths, and then how the number uh, populated when you add up what uh, happened from the Janssen the Moderna, you know, the the, the uh, Johnson & Johnson, the Moderna, and the Pfizer deaths, according to VAERS, that's 38,000. 24,000 of it coming from Pfizer. 
and then about 50 percent of uh you know half of that number almost 12,000 coming from moderna only 2,800 coming from johnson and johnson do you remember uh johnson and johnson if i'm correct is a non-mrna jab remember how they immediately came out of the box when myocarditis came uh, out and they stopped johnson and johnson for a while and they pretty much killed it because of course they were all in bed with pfizer first and moderna second and johnson and johnson with only one shot in non-mrna uh wasn't doing i think the damage they wanted people to have and of course there was money to be made by pushing the pfizer and moderna uh variants absolutely uh, horrific now what's interesting here is this exchange with representative jim jordan of ohio the great jim jordan in which the cdc director outgoing director doubles down in that the uh you know it was generally a very effective and working vaccine and now recognize mr jordan from ohio for thank you mr minutes. chairman doctor why did you and the biden administration mislead the american people um you'd have to say more i'm march, wouldn't claim march that 29 2021 vaccinated people do not carry the virus vaccinated people don't get sick we got that information from clinical trials but also real world data seems to me there are a number of statements you make in there that aren't accurate um do vaccinated people carry the virus in March of 2021, um, the vast majority of data demonstrated that the vast majority of people were not getting infected if they were vaccinated. That's not what you said. You didn't say the vast majority of people. You said vaccinated people do not carry the virus. Was that accurate? Uh, it was generally accurate. Generally accurate. Why not just be accurate? Why not just tell the American people the truth? Why didn't say? Why not you say to the American people just what you said to me? We're big boys and girls. We pay your salary. The government is supposed to be of the people, by the people, for the people. Why not just tell us the truth? Uh, I was speaking. Well, six weeks later, when you said if you were to get infected during post-vaccination, you can't give it to anyone else. Was that accurate? Uh, what was the date of that? May 19, 2021. Um, at the time, we had the Wuhan strain and then the Alpha strain. That was the Alpha strain that was circulating. That was generally true. Yeah. Generally true again? Why not again? Why not tell the American people this is generally true? Um, I couldn't tell you the exact data on the vaccine effectiveness of symptomatic disease and severe disease at the time. What I can tell you is that we generally saw that if you were to get infected after you had been vaccinated, that you were not carrying the virus by transmitting it to somebody else. You could not transmit it to others. But we know that's not accurate. Rochelle Walensky is a world-class liar. She's really good at lying, unlike some of the other liars in the administration. She's such a good liar and such a good force for Big Pharma that when MTG, Marjorie Taylor Greene, got her stab at questioning the outgoing CDC director, she wanted to know what kind of future said director might have in the world of Big Pharma. This has also been ignored the amount of miscarriages and still births that increased drastically due to your advice to get vaccinated. Pregnant women again, not people. And then we could go on and on about the tragic stories of myocarditis and many other things. But my question for you today, Dr. Walensky, is now that you're going to be leaving the CDC pretty soon, what job are you going to take? Are you going to be on the board of either Pfizer or Moderna? Because you've done one hell of a job at making sure that they've made a lot of money. 
Um, <laughs> and I yield back. That's the Marjorie Taylor Greene that I like and miss. Yes, I've been very, if you watch the show, if you're new, welcome to BCP Unfiltered. Welcome to the family. We appreciate you ha uh, having you here and for your support. Not just your moral support, but your monetary support as well. But just in case you are new around here and have been missing uh, lately, my reports on Marjorie Taylor Greene, I've been very tough on her because she was a great stalwart MAGA. And she seems to be a lot more cozier with the establishment than she was in the past. But she hasn't given up the, uh, many of her fights. And this is one where she's absolutely right and showing that biting, fighting warrior spirit that we like to see coming from Marjorie Taylor Greene. Who are you going to work for, Dr. Walensky, now that you are out of the CDC or who you will be working with in the future? Now, we've been looking at this VAERS data, right? 38,000 deaths. But we know prior to COVID that VAERS only represented 2 to 4% of all the adverse effects. In other words, of all the adverse effects that happen, let's just be generous and say 5% or less are actually reported. Which, of course, means that that 38,000 number of deaths due to the COVID-19 vaccine, the bioweapon masquerading as a vaccine, is 20, 25 times, maybe even 50x that 38,000 figure. But don't worry. Dr. Olensky wants you to understand the VAERS system, the Vaccine Adverse Effect Reporting System. She wants to make sure that she can give you that Jedi mind trick definition and understanding of the VAERS system. VAERS system is actually kind of redundant, right? Because the S in VAERS already stands for system. But you know what I mean. Thank you for that question. Maybe first I will comment that um, CDC is not responsible for the purchase of vaccines, so I can't speak to, the, to all of the economics that you spoke to. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Um, I will do want to talk a minute about the vaccine adverse um, reporting, vaccine adverse event reporting system. So that system is intended for any person who has gotten a vaccine. If they have an untoward event after that vaccine, whether or not it is related to the vaccine, they report. It is intended to have an over-reporting. All of the vaccines, not all, most of the vaccines that were being given, remember we we gave 676 million doses of that, the vaccine. Now, of course, you understand what Dr. Walensky is trying to do here. Say that 38,000 is nothing when you look at the almost 700 million doses that we gave. Of course, this is false because that 38,000, once again, doesn't represent all the adverse effects. Not everything is reported on there. But no, Dr. Walensky is going to double down on ridiculousness with her next statement. 
Any adverse event, if you got hit by a truck after you got your vaccine, that was reported to the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. We at CDC have a responsibility to comb through every single one of them to review the medical charts and to see if they are related. It is the case that the vaccine doesn't prevent Ms. being Ms. hit. Ms. Walensky, I'll reclaim yes. my time. You did nothing about that and continue to push vaccines. That's what the American people care about. We review all of the things that come into the vaccine adver adverse event reporting system. I'd be happy to have our staff educate your staff on the work. I don't want my staff educated. You should educate the American people about what you've done of 1.5 million reports because they feel like you've done nothing and continue to say safe and effective. Um, maybe I will just close Thank by you, saying um, I don't have plans after I uh, step down. Thank you. Man, these SOBs are smug, aren't they? Now, folks, they actually did the, what Dr. Walensky mentioned there is actually they did with COVID. Everything was reported as a COVID, even if, uh, uh, as a COVID death, excuse me. If someone died in a car accident and found to have had COVID, that was listed as a COVID death. So down the road, if there ever is a Nuremberg 2.0 trial, as Mr. Raiklin fantasizes about. And man, would that be great if these people were held to account. It's not going to happen, but that'd be great in a multiverse, in a alternate universe, in a fan fiction book. If that were to happen, she can always go back and say, oh, I was confused between the VARES and the reported COVID deaths. The evil continues. The evil, evil continues. All right, folks, before we get into President Trump and what he had to say after the historic wrong yet other hoax against him, let's talk about the crimes, the real crimes of the real criminals, the Biden crime family. Mayor Giuliani, I just want to make sure um, you, you and Bob Costello I had, had this information. What you're hearing about now, we have Nancy Mace coming in and, and, and Stefanik and, and these people saying, hey, I'm, I'm looking at 1023s. I'm looking at SARS reports over the Treasury. They won't let me have any of this. This was the, the, these were the things that you guys had or information uh, related to that that yes. you went to bar, that you were talking to U.S. attorneys back and I think in January 2020, you're presenting this information and I thought it was either North Carolina or Pittsburgh to a U.S. attorney making case. Walk us through that in the details of that, sir. Don't forget that Jamie Raskin tried to bring Giuliani into this lying, saying this is all about a Giuliani thing that was dismissed and it never went up. And even Bill Barr said that Jamie Raskin was lying about this, that he was wrong. But once again, they're trying to make this about Giuliani. Why? They're trying to deflect the fact that Giuliani and others were already on to and already had pieces of what was going on in Burisma. So this is what Rudy Giuliani told Steve Bannon on The War Room the other day. Listen, this, the level of detail and the willingness of people to cooperate in bringing down the Bidens is incredible. As you listen to what Rudy Giuliani is saying here, just go through your mind and going, oh, that's why they try to make the whole uh, impeachment hoax, the first one about Ukraine and Joe Biden. Remember, they impeached President Trump for supposedly having a phone call 
to look into the crimes of his political opponent. Yet the current fake president does the same exact thing to President Trump and actually has him indicted. Makes you sick. But what's even sicker is President Trump isn't guilty of any of these crimes they're accusing him of. Yet, Biden is. And the few crimes, crimes I say in air quotes, that President Trump may be guilty of are little process, little tiny uh, crimes that no one has ever gotten in trouble for. Clinton, Obama, the Bushes, or anyone. Yet, of course, no one's above the law, is what they say, which is their code speak for. Everything goes when it comes to trying to get Trump. Listen to what Giuliani had and what the FBI wanted to do nothing about. Oh yeah, there's a, there's a reminder of murder and attempted murder, I should say, in this clip as well. Listen, listen closely. This is good stuff from America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani, friend and former attorney to President Trump. There was one very extraordinary piece of evidence. We had a woman in Ukraine who was the chief accountant for Burisma, the wife of the former partner of Mykola Zloshevsky, who owned Burisma and is the major crook who was paying off the Bidens. And she wanted to turn. She wanted to testify. But to testify, she wanted to be in the witness protection program. And she had four colleagues of hers who were willing to testify and support her. She claimed that over an eight-year period, she supervised all of the offshore illegal bank accounts. All the money laundering went through her. Now, we weren't sure she was telling the truth, but we did have one transaction that I had gotten very early of a complete money uh, laundering transaction for $14 million, some of which went through to Joe Biden with an indication that Joe got $900,000 of it and his family got a total of about $3 million of it. So we had one piece that proved what she was saying. We didn't have the rest. They were very excited about getting her. And we emphasized the fact that she was in jeopardy. And this was shortly after they attempted to kill Shokin, which is another thing they haven't really brought out. There was an attempt to kill Shokin, who was the prosecutor, after he was dismissed. They poisoned him. Typical Ukrainian-Russian assassination attempt is a poisoning. We had to get him to a hospital in Austria to keep him alive. And they were threatening her. They were enormously excited about it, about that and all the other evidence. They called us for about two weeks, particularly Bob, for other evidence, for other support. They really wanted us to give them our ultimate uh, source, who was a very credible source with a long history of working with our government, always credibly. We finally decided to give them the source and did. And they interviewed them. And then all of a sudden they went dark. We couldn't get them back. I mean, they were more enthusiastic than we were to start with. I mean, they were, they were I would call them normal, decent, the usual assistant U.S. attorneys and agents I've been used to dealing with for 40 years. When I told them we had a witness like this, one of them said, holy, you know what? Man, that would blow the damn case open. That's exactly what we want. We, in other words, she's on the inside. I said, not only is she on the inside, she's the wife of the former owner 
who thinks Sloshevsky killed her husband. He said, we probably did. <laughs> I mean, these were regular FBI. So, so, not the course we have so, 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 And then, of course, A.G. Bill Barr and the entire machine at Justice and the FBI went into cover-up mode. So there were some decent, according, this is according to Rudy Giuliani, these guys were good FBI, regular FBI agents, like, and, and regular U.S. attorneys and regular people that wanted to actually do the right thing. But they got shut down by the establishment and the machine and the chief cover-upper, Attorney General Bill Barr. Now, this person probably thought that since President Trump was there and A.G. Bill Barr were saying the right things, that they could put their neck out, be in witness protection program because they knew that talking about the Bidens was akin to exposing the Clintons. You put your neck out and it will get chopped off. You will get poisoned. You will die in a plane crash. You will die from some crazy murder that will be labeled as a robbery in which they take nothing from you. Rest in peace, Brother Seth. So, the plot thickens. Now, what's really interesting is this little thing that happened. I'm telling you, Tuesday, the last couple of days have been so packed full of news. Biden was stunned because it appears that Washington reporters have been given the green light to actually ask Joe Biden about this. So yesterday, Tuesday afternoon, Joe Biden walked by a group of reporters after delivering remarks at the Chiefs of Mission Reception in the East Room. And the reporter ambushed him with this question. Are there tapes that you accepted bribes, President Biden? Is that true? Would you comment on the arrest of the former president, sir? Now, for those of you listening to this on the BCP podcast, we appreciate your support on the BCP podcast, on Patreon, on Locals. We appreciate your support. For those of you listening to this, this, the visual is this. Joe Biden is leaving the East Room. He hears his reporter. He turns back, stops, turns back, looks at him and smiles, turns around and keeps going, doesn't say anything. Rotten bastards, a lot of these treasonous, traitorous rats. Okay, now let's get into what Trump said post his arrest slash arraignment in Miami. This was last night. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. It's a great honor to have you here. And today we witnessed the most evil and heinous abuse of power in the history of our country. Very sad thing to watch. A corrupt sitting president had his top political opponent arrested on fake and fabricated charges of which he and numerous other presidents would be guilty right in the middle of a presidential election in which he is losing very badly. This is called election interference and yet another attempt to rig and steal a presidential election. More importantly, it's a political persecution like something straight out of a fascist or communist nation. This day will go down in infamy and Joe Biden will forever be remembered as not only the most corrupt president in the history of our country, but perhaps 
Even more importantly, the president, who together with a band of his closest thugs, misfits, and Marxists, tried to destroy American democracy. American democracy being a republic, a representative form of democracy in which we, the people, get to choose our representatives. We chose Donald John Trump for a second term, but they wanted a selection, not an election. And they put in Joe Biden by stealing the election of 2020. Even with all of these woes, President Trump offers hope and resolve going into the 2024 election. But they will fail and we will win bigger and better than ever before. In the comment section, folks, let me know. Do you think we're going to win in 2024? Do you think we're going to be able to thwart the next attempt to seal the 2024 elections? Do you think that President Trump will win like he did in 2020? Perhaps even bigger, but more importantly, will that win be the actual win that's certified by Congress? I'm interested to see your level of confidence and optimism. Let's get back to Trump. Charging a former president of the United States under the Espionage Act of 1917 wasn't meant for this. An act for a crime so heinous that only the death penalty would do and threatening me with 400 years in prison for possessing my own presidential papers, which just about every other president has done, is one of the most outrageous and vicious legal theories ever put forward in an American court of law. The Espionage Act has been used to go after traitors and spies. It has nothing to do with a former president legally keeping his own documents. As president, the law that applies to this case is not the Espionage Act, but very simply the Presidential Records Act, which is not even mentioned in this ridiculous 44-page indictment. Of course it's not. Because like always, they're just making things up. Espionage, really? President Trump, the most pro-American president ever, not a globalist, is going to sell us out via espionage? It's laughable uh, on its face. If it weren't for the fact that they really are pursuing this. But of course, this is all smoke and mirrors, folks. This is all smoke and mirrors. Let me tell you my opinion. This is going to go nowhere. They know it's going nowhere. But they are planning something else in the background. I don't know what it is, folks. But I'll tell you what. And my prepper brothers and sisters know this. Be prepared for a false flag. Be prepared for yet some other tragedy between now and when we vote in November of next year. To me, it seems almost impossible that there won't be some huge disaster, war, terrorist attack, false flag, mass casualty event. I really do not see how that doesn't happen or let me be optimistic, that they don't attempt something like that. 
I don't know what these bastards have up their sleeves, but they have something. It seems to me like they, maybe once again, it's misplaced optimism by my part, but it seems to me like they don't think they can at least easily, as easily steal the 2024 elections like they did in 2020. If they did, they would just, you know, do what they usually do. But they really are trying to keep President Trump from even being on the ballot. Or perhaps, just perhaps, they are trying to make people tired of Trump. When I mean people, I mean Republicans and people who have voted for him. Maybe, maybe they're just trying to fatigue people. I'm seeing this already and it it's quite sad. I'm seeing this in California. I'm seeing this in Utah. I'm seeing this online. I'm seeing talking to friends, family colleagues, former business associates, and other people that I still come in contact with There's nothing to do with my persona. Well, not persona, that sounds terrible because this is the real me. But nothing to do with my black conservative patriot BCP James journalist part of my life. This is just me having conversations with people. Believe it or not, many do not know. A lot of people that I talk to that know me not you know outside of black conservative patriot have known me for years actually have no idea that I even do this. You know, people that I don't keep up with on a weekly, monthly basis, they still think, oh, how how you enjoying being a vice president at that bank? I'm not doing that anymore. Or people are like, oh, how's that uh, document and translation service that I, I know you started like 10 or 12 years ago? And I'm like, it's going great. It's kind of on autopilot. Not really doing much on it. I'm actually having this a podcast called BCP Podcast. Check it out. It's very interesting. And my conversations with many of these people, they're like, DeSantis starting to look good. I really like Trump. The people who want Trump policies, but not Trump. Wake up. It ain't going to happen. I'm using ain't. I know ain't ain't a word. My mother's probably cringing as she's listening to this. She also cringes when I say treasonous, traitorous, rat bastards. She knows I'm right. But she doesn't like to hear that kind of language coming from her firstborn son. Love you, mom. And dad. Thank you for <laughs> teaching me Christian principles. These people I, I, I often talk to, not all of them, this, but there's enough that it it makes me concerned. That they want Trump policies. They want Trump, but not Trump you know what I'm saying? They want Trump policies. They think they want another fighter that's going to be like Trump but not be Trump because they're fatigued like all these things and all of this Stormy Daniels and um, E. Jean Carroll and Alvin Bragg thing. They're just That's exactly what the deep state is trying to do. They're trying to fatigue people so they can put in their guy DeSantis and then we get Jack Shysta. We get nothing. We get shafted. We get We get cheated yet again. Because they convinced many Republicans <clears throat> on the person they selected, not who we elected. I want Trump and nobody else. DeSantis, dude, I don't even want you in 2028 at this point. And no one else on the list is even on my radar. It was Mike Pompeo. Now I understand from some comments I saw. I haven't read this yet. That he's doing a little backstabbery right now. Mike Pence never. Never Pence. I'm now never DeSantis pretty much. I'm Nikki Haley. 
Uh, I like Vivek, but not for president. I like him for other things. And don't even come to me with that RFK. Ooh, BCP would be good. Or RFK would be his running mate. That's probably coming from Trumpocrats. Because I know a lot of you are Trumpocrats. You're not Republicans. You were Democrats. You like RFK. You think that it would be good to have. That would be a good strategy. Why the hell would we want a Democrat on a ticket with a Republican? President Trump, heaven forbid, doesn't finish his second term. We're going to have a Democrat for president? I don't care if he's a Kennedy Democrat. I want a real Republican. I want a real conservative in there. Under the Presidential Records Act, which is civil, not criminal, I had every right to have these documents. The crucial legal precedent is laid out in the most important case ever on the subject known as the Clinton Sox case. You know what that means? After leaving the White House, Bill Clinton kept 79 audio tapes in his sock drawer. They included discussions of U.S. military involvement in Haiti, discussions of U.S. foreign policy, both defense and offense, against Cuba, recordings of President Clinton's conversations with all of the many foreign leaders at the time. Think of that. Sensitive facts about trade negotiations taken from presidential briefings, discussions with the Secretary of State about conflict in Bosnia and much, much more. Very big stuff. Not only was Bill Clinton never even considered for criminal prosecution based on the tapes he took, but when he was sued for them, he won the case. Judge Amy Berman Jackson's decision states under the statutory scheme established by the Presidential Records Act. The decision to segregate personal materials from presidential records is made by the president during the president's term and in the president's sole discretion. You're surprised to hear that, aren't you? Any normal administration, even an opposing one, would consider that to be the end, but not the corrupt Biden administration. The Sox decision, as it's known, also states, quote, the National Archives and Records Administration, or NARA, does not have the authority to designate material as presidential records. I don't have the authority. NARA does not have the tapes in question, and NARA lacks any right, duty, or means to seize control of them. This is law. The president enjoys unconstrained authority to make decisions regarding the disposal of documents. That's unconstrained to make that decision. Neither the archivist nor Congress has the authority to veto the president's decision. The Presidential Records Act does not confer any mandatory or even discretionary authority on the archivist to classify records. Under the statute, this responsibility is left solely to the President of the United States. Think of that. That's the decision. Think of that. Now, just think of that. In other words, whatever documents the President decides to take with him, he has the right to do so. It's an absolute right. This is the law. And that is something that people have now seen, and it couldn't be more clear. They ought to drop this case immediately because they're destroying the country.
And this is why no other president, even those who kept far more documents than I, has ever been even investigated, let alone charged with a crime. And they continue, they continue, they continue trying to destroy President Trump. Not just President Trump, folks, but I mean, his family. Look what they put his family through. What they did to my family and that young man right there, he's answered more subpoenas than any human being in the history of the world. And you know what? They have nothing after all of those subpoenas, literally thousands of them, Congress, fake counsels, Mueller report, all of this. All he did is answer subpoenas all the time. At least he's become very experienced at that. Congratulations. But Eric is fantastic, and what he and Don and Ivanka and the whole group, that's what they've gone through, and these are serious people. These are serious people, but what he's done to my family, what they have done to my family is horrible. Now, President Trump, previous to this, I'm going to play it for you here in a second, says something I think is very interesting and telling, and his way of communicating, President Trump almost makes jest of it, but he's suggesting something very serious here. Something that I've suspected and talked about because I'm distrustful and my years of study of how the intelligence community works and how CIA works. I mean, Jack Smith, as I talked about, I think yesterday, he looks like a demon and there's not much information on him. There's not a lot of pictures of him and what have you. And like Peter Strzok and a whole bunch of other people at FBI and DOJ and what have you. Is Jack Smith really a real person? Or perhaps a fabrication of the CIA or some other part of the deep state intelligence? Listen to what President Trump said here. The prosecutor in the case, I will call it our case, is a thug. I've named him Deranged Jack Smith. I wonder what his name used to be, Jack Smith. It sounds so innocent, doesn't it? Jack Smith. What's his name? Jack Smith. He's a very nice man. He's a behind-the-scenes guy, but his record is absolutely atrocious. I wonder what Jack Smith's name was before. Is this President Trump in jest? Is he joking? Or is he secretly trying to communicate something to us? Am I reading too much into it? Oh, his name was Jonathan Smith, but they changed it to Jack Smith because that is friendlier. No, I don't think President Trump is saying that. When he asks what Jack Smith's name was before, they changed it to Jack Smith. I mean, the name Jack Smith in itself is like John Doe. It's very suspect, if you ask me. Once again, am I just being tinfoil hat? Or is this some sort of some sort of veiled soft disclosure by President Trump. Put your thoughts down below. All right, Tucker Carlson. By the way, President Trump said a lot of things there comparing what's going on to him, what's happening to him, and obviously what's happening to uh, to Biden, to Pence. He's actually happy that Pence is uh, has been exonerated. Compares himself to Clinton's and what have you. It was a very good speech. Go to Rumble if you want to watch the whole thing. 
uh, it, uh, on YouTube, Newsmax has it. As you can see, uh, Right Side Broadcasting has it as well on Rumble. I would say support Right Side Broadcasting and watch it on Rumble, not Newsmax on YouTube. Okay. Tucker Carlson wasn't silent. So much of that cease and desist letter that Fox News sent him yesterday or day before yesterday to get him to, to shut up. Harmie Dillon, his attorney, said pound sand. Tucker Carlson telling Fox News pound sand. This is what Tucker Carlson had to say. Hey, it's Tucker Carlson. The Biden administration arrested Donald Trump this afternoon. They had him arraigned and fingerprinted in a Miami courthouse like the accused felon he now technically is. These were the first steps in a process that is designed to put Donald Trump behind bars for the rest of his life. Cable news carried every moment of it live. It's unprecedented, they told us, with what looked like shock. But they weren't shocked. They knew this was coming. Everyone who's paid attention knew it was. What just happened was always going to happen. It's been inevitable since February 16th, 2016. If you're wondering what that date is, that is the date of the Republican presidential debate in South Carolina, where President Trump pissed off some very, very powerful people. We don't win anymore. We don't make good deals anymore. We are going to make America great again. That's the day Donald Trump made a blood enemy of the largest and most powerful organization in human history, which would be the federal government. Despite what you may remember, it wasn't anything that Trump had said about immigration or trade with China or rapists from Mexico. Those are the stories that dominated the headlines that year. Trump's a racist, they screamed. Stop him. But inside Washington, that was just noise. None of it really raided. Identity politics doesn't mean much to permanent Washington. What matters then and now is foreign policy, the invasions and occupations and proxy wars, the decisions that determine which global populations will thrive and which will die, the policies that come with trillion dollar price tags, the ones that over time have made the counties around DC the richest suburbs in the world. We must restore our place as the leader and indispensable power of the free world. In other words, the military-industrial complex, the neocon, the neolib war machine, the satanic power that comes from death, destruction, bloodshed, and all the money that comes with war. The funding of the war and all of the military contracts. Also note, this is the time where President Trump started to absolutely decimate and take off the chessboard Jeb Bush, who would have continued the Operation Desert Storm and then the Free Iraq, whatever I can't remember the name of the, of the Gulf War was. It was just going to be another continuation, business as usual. And President Trump put a stop to that. And Tucker Carlson's making a great case here that that's really why they're taking President Trump out. It's not about the millions or the billions of dollars. It's the trillions of dollars. Interestingly enough, Tucker Carlson and I are exactly on the same page when it comes to the endless wars. The very beginning of this show, 
on YouTube and on Instagram was black conservative hippie because I want to make a point that I'm black, I'm conservative, and I'm not a neocon. Obviously, BCH doesn't sound as good as BCP. A lot of people misconstrued. And this is the very first, like maybe five or six episodes I did where it was called Black Conservative Hippie. I quickly changed it to Patriot. But the idea of my putting hippie in there is because I was not a neocon and I did not want people to think that I was a Bush conservative Republican. President Trump wasn't and isn't. And he is, uh, that's a big threat to them. That's all they care about. Tucker Carlson makes a very good case for this. In Washington, that's what actually matters. And it's obvious when you look carefully. When there's a debate about anything else, for example, the debt ceiling, both sides take their assigned positions and they start yelling. But when Congress decides to start a war, no matter how foolish or counterproductive or obviously disconnected from America's core interests that war may be, when that happens, the leaders of both parties automatically jump behind it like circus clowns. And then they stay there, sometimes for decades. They defend that war relentlessly against all evidence until somebody finally rings the all clear bell and they can begin to admit that actually, maybe it wasn't such a great idea. We meant well, but it just didn't work out. The good news is we've learned a lot of important lessons. Then they take a break and then they come at us with another war or threat of war. Notice how when things were winding down in the Gulf War in 2012, 11 years ago, you had Mitt Romney talking about, oh, Russia is the biggest geopolitical threat. We had Syria. There was something drawing us into yet a new conflict. Of course, we had things in Yemen and other conflicts in Africa and what have you, but those don't get as much attention. It's always one war after the other. And remember, President Trump not only didn't start any new wars, he decimated ISIS and ended that one as well. They had to cheat him in 2020. And now they're going to take him off the chessboard completely in 2024, either by keeping him off of the ballot or assassinating him. I hate saying it, but that's a reality. Luckily, this show is on Patreon it's on Locals and it's on Rumble where I can say that. Obviously, I'm not calling for the assassination of President Trump. I voted for the man twice. Going to vote for him again. Even if they somehow keep him off the ballot, I will write him in. I pray nightly, as does my beautiful wife of 26 years, the mother of all my children, had to slip that in. We pray every single day for the safety of President Trump. We know there have been multiple attempts against his life and they will take him out because they need those profits. And right behind them, of course, folks, right behind the military-industrial complex machine, of course, is Big Pharma. But let's get back to Tucker. I'm not going to play all of what Tucker said. Just want to conclude this, this insight that he had. In the end, they usually do say something like that but only after emotions have cooled and the damning details have begun to fade from collective memory. It's an apology that's not actually an apology, much less repentance, and it's years too late to matter in any case. But until then, that's all you're getting. Until then, no dissent is allowed. That's the first rule of Washington. But somehow, Trump didn't bother to follow it. He is from out of town, so maybe he didn't know it was a rule, or maybe he just didn't care. Either way, seven and a half years later, we can point to the precise moment 
that permanent Washington decided to send Donald Trump to prison. Here it is. It's from the Republican candidates debate in Greenville, South Carolina. We should have never been in Iraq. We have destabilized right. the Middle East. They lied. Okay. They said there were weapons of mass destruction. There were none. And they knew there were none. There were no weapons of mass okay. destruction. Okay. All right. Go. We should never have been in Iraq, Trump said. We destabilized the Middle East. Now, by the time Trump said that, a lot of Republican primary voters were starting to reach the same conclusion. How could they not? But it was the next line that doomed Trump to today's arrest. They lied, he said. There were no weapons of mass destruction, and they knew there were none. Now, when he said that, a few in the crowd booed. Most just sat there in silence, stunned. Can he say that? Well, he said it anyway. And by saying that, he sealed his fate. That was the one thing you were not allowed to say, because it implicated too many people on both sides, which on this topic is really just one side. Hillary Clinton was guilty of it, but so was Paul Ryan. All of them were guilty. They all knew they all lied. And to a person, they hated Donald Trump for exposing them. It's all about war, death, destruction, money, and President Trump got in their way. That was a great episode three from my hero, Tucker Carlson. If you haven't watched the whole episode, I think this is one of his best episodes of Tucker on Twitter. Please check it out. Folks, appreciate you being here. Appreciate your support. There is a lot going on, and I'll have more reporting for you yet again tomorrow, and then more on Friday, and probably some bonus material over the weekend as well. Until then, ciao, goodbye. God bless. And please tell a friend about this show. If you have friends that are, I'm still um, finding everyday comments, I finally found you, BCP. If you know people that liked my content before or would like it now, let them know where to find me. Gotta give us what we want. Uh, gotta give us what we need.